through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Cicero. Well, that can only mean we're visiting the destroyed academy in, of all places, the University of Wyoming. Wyoming? Mm -hmm. University of Wyoming professors are not happy with the school's new marketing slogan, which is, the world needs more cowboys. (laughs) Why? you You already know the reason why. Okay. Why? Uh, guns, aggressive behavior, big it, belts. It promotes white heterosexual masculinity and makes non-white students feel unwelcome at the university. Haven't they ever seen Blazing Saddles? There's black cowboys. Black cowboys everywhere. The school paid a bolder Colorado-based marketing firm approximately five hundred grand to conceive and execute the campaign, which is part of a one point. $4 million investment on the school's part to advertise and promote the university on local and national levels. Isn't their team named the Cowboys? I believe so. Let's verify that. Trust but verify. I, f- I forgot. Sorry. What, what was the school name? University of Wyoming. They're the Cowboys. I believe they are. Yeah. yeah. That's an, isn't that where Royce goes for Wyomania? Wyomania. Yes, yeah. Wyomania. On Sunday, the Laramie Boomerang reported that the school's new marketing campaign, slated to kick off for the new school year in September, was lambasted by the University of Wyoming Committee on Women and People of Color, who have written a letter urging university officials to reconsider the slogan and use one that is more inclusive. Oh, my God. Uh, The mascots, University of Wyoming, Pistol Pete Mm -hmm. and Cowboy Joe. That's got to go. The UW Committee on Women and People of Color suggested a slogan that represents the diversity of the people and cultures at the school. Christine Porter, associate professor of kinesiology and health, told the boomerang that she isn't the only one with this line of thinking. I'm not the only person for whom the word cowboy invokes a white, macho, male, able-bodied, heterosexual, U.S.-born person. You can't have that. Oh, no, not not in college for sure. You know, Mysterians don't like people, but it's increasingly becoming clear that who they really don't like are white male people. Right. The guys that screwed everything up. She added, the history of cowboys, of course, is much more diverse than that racially and presumably also for sexual orientation. But the image, what the word cowboy means off the top of almost everybody's head in the U.S. is a white heterosexual male. Yeah, so what? Hmm. Can't have that. Right. Porter also told the boomerang that she's concerned about others' perception of the institution as a result of the slogan. I care most about our university having a slogan that makes all people feel welcome here, Porter explained. I also care about us not embarrassing ourselves as an institution across the nation. Well, you, you've managed to do that, uh, Ms. Porter. You've, you've yeah, because now, of what you did. You now have made yourself embarrassing. Uh, however proud this state is of our cowboy tradition, it just does not translate outside the Rocky Mountain West. According to Campus Reform, the uh, university does not appear to be backing away from its cowboy campaign. Well, no, they paid five hundred grand for it. Chad Baldwin, the school's communications director, told the outlet that the university is moving forward with the campaign, which aims to evoke the spirit of the cowboy that we all share in. 
Baldwin added, the criticism of the slogan as being sexist, racist, and offensive simply does not hold water in the context of the overall campaign. Cowboys is the university's official mascot and nickname, and the upcoming campaign casts it in a way that we have demonstrated is effective in catching the attention of prospective students from outside Wyoming. Here, here's what here's what Mysterians do. They, they go to the dark place all the time. Mm-hmm. If I had uh, been aware of this slogan, what the world needs is more cowboys, and I would have been vaguely familiar that it's the University of Wyoming, I wouldn't have gone to such a dark place. I wouldn't have gone to to, to think that, well, that's racist and sexist. No, I just thought, yeah, you. what they really mean is they need more graduates from the University of Wyoming. Boom. Enough said. <sighs> Baldwin told the boomerang that the cowboy term isn't even intended to be gender specific. We're casting it so that it's not gender gender specific. It's not at all exclusionary. It's the spirit of the cowboy that we share. And so we're basically throwing away the old stereotypes and updating what it means to be a cowboy and what it looks like. A cowboy is not what you are, but who you are. The boomerang reported a poll conducted by a marketing research firm that targeted young people applying to universities, uh, According to the outlet, the University of Wyoming's, Wyoming's slogan, the world needs more cowboys, as well as its campaign video, and asked the sampling of young people whether they'd be more or less likely to apply to the college as a result of the campaign. 25% said they would definitely or probably consider applying to the University of Wyoming prior to seeing the video. 48% of the respondents said they would definitely or probably consider applying to the school after seeing the video. The Laramie Boomerang also reported that among Hispanics, Native Americans, and African Americans, 48% of those surveyed said they would definitely or probably consider applying to the University of Wyoming even before watching the video. That number grew to 53% after those sample groups watched the video. But the leftists on campus who are destroying the academy, like this uh, fruitcake professor of uh, Christine Porter, professor of kinesiology and health, uh, she instantly goes to a dark place that had not occurred to the average person. The average person in America doesn't go to the dark corner every time something like the word cowboy comes up. It just doesn't it's happen. Like it's like it, everything has to be broken down it, uh, instead of just let it let it be what it is. Who's on uh, line one? Tom? Hey, Joe. Hi. Uh, I'd like to chime in on this. Hopefully I'll put this succinctly. Um, I, I really don't think that you any more than I would mind so much if we felt this was truly about being inclusive. Because mm-hmm. I'm the first person to admit that, yeah, you know, it, maybe we white guys do get a break. And I wouldn't mind a gentle nudge every now and then to, to, as a reminder of how to behave, how to talk. But what's unsettling about all this is that we, we clearly have a new other in this nation, and it's white males. Uh, Just this morning, I read an article of all things about stand-up comedy and how, you know, folks are really railing against white males and all the damage we've done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, A, you and I both as students of history know that it never ends well, even when you choose another that everyone seems to agree on. And the other thing, too, I've mentioned this to you before, Good luck to these types of folks running things after the current leaders step aside. You know, I'm not so sure I want someone at the helm of a business or a city or a country that can't see the word cowboy without reacting like this. Mm -hmm. 
But then on the other side of the coin, as you and I have discussed, we have Melvin Carter in charge of St. Paul. And, you know, it would be funny if it weren't the, the life of a city at stake. But right. I don't, just my thoughts. You have All a good right, day. Thank you. Uh, how long before the University of St. Thomas faces this? They're called the Tommies. I, I don't know, but it would be my presumption that the Tommy, the generic Tommy, right. is a white male. I think so. Is there a, is there a Tommy a caricature? Trying to see, I, I can't recall any any mascot mm-hmm. uh, running across the football field or uh, or wherever else. I, I, I will not be in the. I will not be surprised at all if there isn't a movement at the University of St. Thomas to to deride the fact that Tommy is unacceptable because it's not inclusive. It 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 invokes uh, the caricature of a white heterosexual male. And in St. Thomas's case, it could even be worse with possibly a military background. <laughs> right. Double whammy. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, one, two, three, four. Nice. Bob? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hey, I got a couple thoughts for you guys. You know, these people are getting so worked up over the term cowboys. If they would brush up on their American history... They had realized that there was Indians, I'm sorry, Native Americans, uh, Hispanics, African Americans. There was just a whole gamut of different races and minorities that were actual cowboys helping out on these cattle drives. Mm-hmm. And to take it a step further, if they want to, they want it to be all inclusive. Well, you know, they got to kind of remember about the movie Brokeback Mountain. I think that's kind of inclusive, so it can't really classify them now as heterosexual males now, can we? Not not with that move. Not with that movie <laughs> in the past. Yeah. All right. Thank no. you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Just a title on that. I broke my back on the mountain. Right. And now a man who has never had a relationship with a tree. Joe Suchere. You know, thank God for Kelsey. He does more work than you two have ever done. Kels? Yep. He, there's a BBC documentary on America's Forgotten Cowboys, many of whom are black. But, but then it, it began to occur to me, hmm. it's the left who have created the stereotypical image of the cowboy. It's the left. What do you mean? The people who run Hollywood. Oh, shoot him up! Bang, have made that image of a cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy, uh, according to Hollywood, has always been a white, uh, swashbuckling, gun-toting guy. Uh, it's it's the left that's created the stereotypical image that this moron woman at Wyoming doesn't even she doesn't understand the irony of her own contumely. Who's on line one? Tim, go ahead, please. Hello. Hi. Joe. Yes. Joe, let me see if I can walk you through. Who was St. Thomas's number one rival when you were in school? Probably still St. John's. And do you remember what their cheering section was or who their mascot is? No. Well, they're the Johnnies. I know that. But does the Rat Pack sound familiar? Yes. 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 So who fights rats? Uh, bigger rats. No. Tom what? Tom Tomcat? Tomcat. Yes, the Tomcat is the St. Thomas mascot. 
a little purple tomcat. All right, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I've never heard that. I, I, I have. I, whose line's this one? Three. Ryan. Hail flashlight king. Hail you. My, I guess my uh, description of a cowboy would be somebody who's hard working, beer drinking, crap kicking, tobacco chewing guy that tips his hat to ladies, treats them with respect and honor. My favorite portrayal of a cowboy was Jeff Bridges reprising John Wayne's role in True Grit. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, by, the, by the way, yeah. uh, would you ever go uh, bungee jumping? No. No. We'll add that to the list then, too. All right. Thank you. All right. I'll be trains, caves, zip lines, and bungee, and bungee jumping. Jumps. I'm not doing it. Uh, is that Ed? Yeah. Hi, Ed. Hey, Joe. While I was on hold, I had, actually had a chance to look up the statistics uh, for enrollment at, at Wyoming. The name of that group, it sounded like the, you said was the a group formed by women and minorities. Mm-hmm. Women are already 51% of the population there. Really? And if you include minorities, isn't that a microaggression against white males? You would think so. Yeah. Just maybe call it the call person yeah. and call the whole thing off. All right. Thank you. And again, another caller who who did the work that you guys should have done. Appreciate you out there. And you really, you really like that. Got them. Uh, they're working. <laughs> I got a new hero. Who's the new hero? Doctor Raja Gopalan Vasudevan. Okay. He's seventy three years old. He's a chemistry uh, professor in India, the country of India. What did he? Uh, what He's did he... solving the world's plastic problem. How so? Plastic isn't the problem, he said. In the southern Indian city of Madurai, Mm. we are. Plastic would not clog our oceans or our landfills if we didn't throw it there in the first place. And there is a lot we can do with it instead. Okay. All right. In January this year, Dr. Vasudevan was honored with one of India's highest civilian wards, the Padma Shri, for his groundbreaking research on reusing waste plastic in a very unusual way. This guy, this so? guy could end up saving St. Paul. In Today is unbelievable. The idea emerged from his workshop at the at, at a college of engineering in Madurai as far back as 01. Disturbed by calls to ban plastic, which he believed was important to poor people, he wanted to find a solution to the environmental challenges it raised. Uh, ban plastic, it, it can severely affect the quality of life for a low-income family, he said, but if you burn or bury it, it's bound to affect the environment. So he started experimenting in his workshop. Okay. Garage logician. Yeah, right in the Indian garage. In a molten condition, he found that plastic had the property of an excellent binder, acting on the principle that like attracts like. Dr. Vasudevan looked at another chemical of similar nature, bitumen, a black tarry substance that was being combined with gravel to lay roads. I'll shake cut to the chase. Yeah. He's making roads out of plastic. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bitumen, a highly heterogeneous mixture of hydrocarbons, is in effect composed of polymer similar to plastic, he says. When molten plastic was added to stone and bitumen mixed, Dr. Vasudevan found that true to its nature, plastic stuck fast and bound both materials together. Hmm. Uh, the bitumen modified plastic improved the tensile strength of the road by making it more durable and flexible. Okay. Plastic also prevented pothole formation. Ah. Uh-huh. I can see it in my mind's eye. 
see that this is what's going to happen. If the mystery can be held at bay, most of the world's problems are going to be solved by plastic, by free market thinking, by entrepreneurship, by competitiveness. That's what got us this far. And here's a guy in India who's figured out a way to use plastic to pave roads and it's working. This is fantastic. When the layer of molten plastic filled the space between the gravel and bitumen, it thwarted rainwater from seeping in, and that's what causes potholes. Uh, When late Dr. Abdul Kalam, India's former president and scientist, visited uh, the college where this guy works, he encouraged, which I'm not pronouncing because I can't, he encouraged Dr. Vasudevan to lay the first plastic paved road within the campus. He asked me to make the roads gray since black roads absorb and trap heat, said Dr. Vasudevan. In 2002, he paved a 60-foot road within the campus with plastic-modified bitumen. The road is still intact today. He received a patent for the process in 06. Since then, almost 10,000 kilometers of Indian roads have been paved using this technique. Wow. Come on. This, this is, is what wonderful. Yes, this is wonderful. Buy them up. In his workshop, shredded plastic in big bins shines like bright confetti. These are the remains of the plastic material that we use and throw away in our everyday lives, he said. Plastic from water bottles, notebook liners, single-use bags with a thickness of less than 50 microns. All kinds of plastic waste is fed into a shredder and reduced to strips. And then uh, then he has an assistant demonstrate how he does it. Sure. Uh, oh, oh, this, is, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. So we just ship all of our plastic over to them, huh? Then he's got environmentalists worried about it, but he points out there's no toxic fumes. Plastic decomposes to release toxic fumes only if it is heated at temperatures above 518 degrees Fahrenheit. So despite global warming, I don't think we're going to get to 518 degrees Fahrenheit. This is fantastic. Remember that name, Dr. Raja Gopalan Vasudevan. Raja Gopalan Vasudevan. Making... Streets out of plastic added to the tar. It's fantastic. It prevents We've potholes. We've been waiting for this for years. I have. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. Well, now I know what I'm going to do with my collection of three million pogs. What are pogs? Rook? Did you collect pogs? Uh, no, I never collected What's a pogs. Pog? The little round, they're like little bottle caps. You mm-hmm. back in the you years. Very, why don't you send them to this guy and he'll make yeah, a highway? He'll make out a highway out of it. Yeah, very road, lonely yeah. life. Very lonely life. Don't remember pogs. Um, uh, looking at a pretty good day in the stock market today. Stocks have been uh, kind of wavering a little bit, at least uh, among the Nasdaq composite stocks. But the Dow Jones Industrial Average showing a healthy 136-point gain. The Nasdaq is up just a point, and the S&P 500 is ahead almost nine. Seven people have been hospitalized in connection with an outbreak of intestinal illnesses linked to Del Monte vegetable trays. Del Monte Fresh Produce announced a recall on June 15th of some veggie trays following reports of illnesses. As of July 5th, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has reported over 200 laboratory-confirmed cases of cyclosporiasis in Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin.
There is a new contender in the low-calorie, high-protein ice cream arena. Target has joined the ranks with its Archer Farms line of reduced fat flavors. Target says the six flavors range from 330 to 300 calories per pint. The flavors include caramel, maple, bourbon, pecan, cookie dough, chocolate pecan pie, and mini donut. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Mini donut doesn't sound too bad. That's pretty good. I like the anything with pecans in it's usually good. All right, amen to that. We'll find out what flavors you like next hour, my brother. Hey, and the Adrian Heath Show is taking the show on the road again. Adrian and Jamie Watson live tonight, 6 to 7 at Brits Pub. And then congestion.com. Garage Logic Segment Number 8 Here's John Height Thank you, Joe Reavers. Yes, sir Will you please find me the uh, uh, The ad? The Metro cover to, uh, The Metro section today To today's Star Tribune all right. You think it's around here someplace? Dear Terry Kelsey I just had a deep thought find... No, I just had a deep thought <laughs> Go find it what are, you, what are you looking for? The, the Metro. The Metro right section there. of the Star Tribune. He, he's you know it. what? I think I can find it for you. Just let me do some more. He's got it. Here. He went right Kelsey by. just right sent there. it over. There you oh, go. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. What's on the cover of it? Uh, you got a woman painting a, a, fan, a, a wall. No, or is the it? Focus to say on Blevins' death. Homeless shelter fills a void. University sells. Bring it in to me, please. John Height. John Height. John Height. Thanks, Joe. Partly. Maybe it's maybe it's the front page I need, but bring it in, please. I got it all. Okay, bring it in, that? please. Bring you want it in. Sports. No. Few clouds okay. and. You want the comics. 81 degrees. Twins Royals at Target Field tonight. Twins have won five in a row. They'll send Aaron Sleggers to the mound tonight. Veteran Ian Kennedy will pitch for the Royals. Uh, tonight, catch up on all your Minnesota United news. The Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN. He'll be broadcasting live from Brits. It starts at 6 on 1500 ESPN. Uh, speaking of United, United forward Darwin Quintero has been named the Alcatel MLS Player of the Week by the North American Soccer Reporters for Week 19. Remember, he had a hat trick in the 4-3 to three victory over Toronto FC last Wednesday. Turn your mic on, Chris. Mm-hmm. News notes from today. A Minnesota man's been charged in connection to the kidnapping of a 13-year-old girl from Kansas. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Kansas, 23-year-old Deshaun White faces one count of kidnapping. According to the complaint, White met the girl on social media in February. The complaint said the girl told White she was 16. However, he told investigators he knew she was only 12 at the time. On July 1st, White took a Greyhound to Kansas City to stay with the girl. The complaint said the girl's mom was told he was 16. On Wednesday, White and the girl told the girl's mom they were going to a nearby shopping mall. After the mother lost contact with the girl, she reported her missing. A law enforcement was able to identify White and confirm he was 22 years old. Law enforcement officers later went to the Greyhound bus station in Kansas City where they learned White had purchased a ticket to St. Paul for the girl. The South St. Paul police on Friday went to a residence connected to White where they were able to find the girl. During an interview, the girl told investigators she had sex with White while they were staying at her mother's home. If convicted, he faces 20 years in prison. Washington County Sheriff's Department said a standoff in Forest Lake yesterday afternoon ended when the male was found dead in the entryway of his home after suffering what the release said was an apparent medical event. 
Captain Gregory Weiss said there were no obvious signs of trauma, and the Ramsey County Medical Examiner will determine the cause of death. A release from the department said Forest Lake Police called to the address at Hilo Avenue North around 11.30 yesterday morning on the report of a physical domestic. On arrival, the release said officers were confronted by the male who reportedly pointed a gun at them. Perimeter was set up. Washington County SWAT team notified. The release said several attempts were made to negotiate with the man. Eventually, the SWAT team entered the home through the front door and located the man. Life-saving efforts were attempted, but the man was pronounced dead at the scene. President Trump said his easiest meeting on his foreign trip to Europe during the next week might be his sit-down with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Trump spoke to reporters before leaving for the NATO summit in Brussels. He plans to travel to the United Kingdom after the NATO meeting, where he'll hold talks with Prime Minister Theresa May and meet with Queen Elizabeth II. He'll have his first standalone summit with Putin in Helsinki, Finland. Trump. Putin will play you for a sap because he knows how to operate you. He'll he'll flatter you and uh, say grand things about you. Send up the Russian hussies. In the meantime, he'll get out of you whatever he wants because you'll be dazzled. He'll play you like a violin. As he was leaving, he was asked by reporters if he sees Putin as a friend or foe. Trump said he sees the Russian leader as a competitor. Said, I think uh, getting along with China and Russia is a good thing. I've said that many times. Costco, well, controversy here. Hmm. They're removing Polish hot dogs from their food court. Menu. It's about what? time. To make, no, it's about time to make way for healthier options. We need something about this immediately. This immediately, harump, harump. This is terrible. Some what do you think, Costco board? Yes, I agree. No poor Polish hot dogs. <laughs> Some longtime Costco uh, Costco customers are not too happy. A hashtag Save the Polish Dog campaign is underway on social media to persuade Costco to reverse course. One one user declaring on Twitter, cut the regular hot dog if you must, but removing the Polish dog is your worst possible decision. What distinguishes a Polish hot dog? Rook, You're only here for one reason, Rookie. It's a food question. I'm going to have to do a little more research on that. The uh, their hot dog is all beef, so maybe that's the difference. I'm sure the Polish dog probably has other parts. Well, I thought uh, uh, I thought a regular hot dog is just a regular hot dog without spices or anything. I thought a a, a sausage has got more spices. And so it's a mind. different. John, no, no, never mind. I mean, you're you're <laughs> babbling about when you could be looking it up. What distinguishes a Polish hot dog? Now they do have uh, Costco is nixing uh, is not nixing it. Excuse me. It's original a dollar fifty all beef hot dog combo, a hundred thirty seven million of them, which they sold last year. Yeah, this is too much hot dog talk, John. The <laughs> hot dog is usually oh, steamed, boiled, or grilled kielbasa, also known as Polish sausage. This meat is made of pork or a combination of pork and beef. Right, but this is being called a Polish hot dog. It has a strong garlic flavor, along with pimentos, okay. cloves, uh, and something no, else. And smoke. I'm right. Polish dogs are usually made with a combination of beef and pork, like Chris said, with some other additives that give it a taste distinct from traditional hot dogs. Okay. And so a regular hot dog would just be regular. A Polish would be... Um, Sounds to me like a Polish dog would be better. Tasty. Yes. yes. Yeah. Joe, you want a sign of the times? Mm-hmm. I Googled that. What What is the difference between Polish hot dog, blah, blah. There are... 900 stories on the Costco dog. Oh, yeah, it's a huge story right now. It's on every website that you can find. <laughs> it's, it's almost over. Wow. It's but, almost over. But you know who loves this, by the way? Costco. 
Oh, yeah. They're getting the free advertising. Uh, By the way, uh, if you like the Polish hot dog, you can still buy it in bulk at Costco. You can't buy it at the... 50-gallon drums? Yeah. Yeah. You can't can't buy it in the food court anymore, (laughs) but you can buy it in bulk and enjoy it home. You can buy jeans and a bulk supply of Polish hot dogs at Costco. Hey, and as long as you're there, get some tires and some uh, toilet paper. Right. (laughs) A Montana woman... I'm not a member. And get your eyes checked. I guess. And your hearing, too. You <laughs> yes, get your hearing yes. checked there, too. Hello? I was in one once, and I just I thought it was the damnedest experience I've ever seen in my life. I love Sam's and Costco. Yeah. People were buying jeans and 50-gallon drums of pickles. And those big, huge flamingos that you put on yeah. Lake Minnetonka that seat 15. You know what else you can get a good deal on at Costco? Mixed nuts. Beer. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Both those warehouse places, they'll give you a good uh-huh. bargain. 238, good neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Trading times. The, uh, a story that's becoming more common, a Montana woman who won $2,000 from a scratch-off lottery ticket decided to play again the same day no. and won an additional $75,000. Wow. Cheyenne Long of Kalispell, Montana, told lottery officials she won two grand. From a power play gold crossword scratch off ticket that she bought from Michael's East store in Evergreen on July 1st. And she thought, I might as well try my luck again. She went to a holiday station in Haver, Montana later the same day. Kalispell bought uh, three power play gold crossword tickets, uh, or long, not Kalispell, long bought three power play gold crossword tickets from the holiday store, one of them worth 75 grand. She said it was a super genuine and blissful moment, said she plans to use her money to pay off her bills and chase her goals of becoming a certified personal trainer and a pilot. A lot of goals. All right, now she's, yeah, now she's stretching now. That's not that amount of money. I think that great. Her name's Cheyenne? Uh, Cheyenne Long, correct? Yeah, I'm yeah. no Oh, yeah. I think once your boyfriend gets his hands on that money, that's uh, that's pretty much all. Well, he had no age for Cheyenne either, so I'm not sure what the... <coughs> well, she better be young to accomplish all that she intends to uh, Pilot and done. trainer. You yeah. know, personal trainer, I think. Uh, let's have Dave Dahl join us. Got it. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. It's heating up out there. We're up to 81, heading for that high of 88 today. The dew points are climbing as well. They're in the mid to upper 60s. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a sticky evening. It's going to be a very warm night tonight. The low temperature only down to about 70. Southeast winds at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, hot and humid, 92 for the high. South winds at around 10 to 15. Thunderstorms develop tomorrow night. It'll be late before they arrive here, probably well after midnight, maybe even after 2 or 3 in the morning. Some of those thunderstorms could produce some locally heavy rainfall. I think the severe threat will be at a minimum by the time they roll through. But we could get some uh, gusty winds, maybe some hail with some of those storms as they drop southward. 74 for the low tomorrow night. And then 88 on Thursday, some morning showers still. Friday, just sunny, hot, and humid, 90. 91 on Saturday. Some night storms develop again Saturday and then into Sunday. Sunday, we're looking at some scattered showers and storms, so a little cooler at 86. And then we drop all the way down to the lower 80s for Monday and Tuesday of next week and less humid as well. Right now, Joe, we're at 81, and I have the records for the day. July 10th. 106. 106. 1936. 1936. 49. 49. In 1996. In 1996. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.
I wasn't going to bring this up today, but uh, inspired by an email from Sanibel Jim, I think I'm having a deep thought. What? Well, he, uh, I'll read you his email. After an uplifting weekend of normalcy from time spent in small town America, I was quickly reminded that I live in a state of loons and acceptance of anything. Anything. We are near tall buildings and thus near the lefties. I sent this to friends who live around the U.S., including Philadelphia, Austin, Texas, Chicago, etc. All were shocked at this practice, but then the ages were all around my age, uh, 73. Would you have sent your former kids to such a thing? Well, what he's referencing is a piece that was on the Variety cover of today's Star Tribune. And I wasn't going to bring it up because we had previously talked about this, and that is the St. Paul Public Library System uh, holding uh, drag story hour programs. Right. 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 And, and so here's a big spread of uh, of that story uh, in today's uh, variety section of the Star Tribune, and there's a picture of uh, someone who calls well, if you're drag, you're a guy, right? Yes. Alright. So this guy calls himself Fiona Fierce, uh, and, and, and there's a picture of Fiona Fierce finished her rendition of This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Fierce is one of six performers to participate performers to participate in the St. Paul Public Library's Drag Story Hour program, which invites them to libraries around the city to read a book followed by a musical performance. Okay, so uh, Fierce was joined by Blaise Bordeaux, uh, and they, you know, they read stories to the kids and sang songs and what have you. And when we talked about this, uh, I suppose we uttered our usual amazements or whatever, but here's, here's the deep thought I'm having. Okay. What were and librarians, by the way, are very crucial foot soldiers in the mystery. They're, there's, yeah, they're, they're 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 at the they're way camp. ahead of the curve. Base and, camp, yeah, they're they're running the base camp of the mystery at the <laughs> yeah. library. So here's a picture of this person called Fiona Fierce. Okay, so my maybe it's not a deep thought, but we are constantly being asked to be accepting of people uh regardless of their uh gender choice or uh their manner of clothing or whatever we're supposed to be inclusive and accepting now here's the part that might be a deep thought maybe not so check this out (laughs) you mean to tell me what i'm being asked to be accepting of is somebody who's unaccepting somebody who takes a different name uh, uses different clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm I'm being asked to be accepting of is utter confusion, aren't I? Uh, yes. And, and I'm not suggesting that Fiona Fierce had any ill intentions with these kids. I, I'm sure, right, right, a, of course. You yes. know, the yes. kids, the kids, uh, they just think they're seeing a circus act. What do they know? <laughs> right. But but so, but I'm being asked by the. By the library, for example, and I'm I support the library because I pay taxes. Yes, and, and a, to me, I'm being told by the library that this is an entirely uh, we view this as an entirely a normal, accepting example of inclusivity to bring in uh, drag queens to sing and read books to the kids. So I so what am I being asked to be accepting of? I'm being asked Confusion. to be. I'm being asked to be accepting of someone who doesn't use a real name, who who dresses in a costume from the opposite gender, uh, who thinks he or she is a showman. I'm being asked to accept be, to be accepting of delusion. There, there's the deep thought. 
I'm being asked to be accepting of complete delusion. I don't accept delusion. I accept reality. Right. That, that's and it. So I, the, 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 I, I wasn't going to bring this up today, so I did not prepare any deeper thoughts than that. Because, no, again, we, we talked about this uh, when this when I was made aware of this. I went to the library website and got all, this, all the dope on it. Fierce was joined by Blaise Bordeaux, who wore a deep blue suit with turquoise rhinestones and a sparkly bow tie. This was written by somebody named Madeline Happold for the Star Tribune. And, you know, I can only conclude that she went about it so cheerfully because this is part of the template. <laughs> right. You know. Well, and it's big news that the, I mean, the traditionalists, traditional library goers went there to get Mark Twain and, uh, you know, read a book. Or, or maybe, uh, I don't know, what else did he do with the library? No, Blaise, Blaise Bordeaux uh, it, is it dressed as a female? I, I don't, you know, I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. But. Well, but the the library again, as we said before, has no obligation to expose. Why should the library need to feel the need to expose this to young kids? Because they're mysterious. This is right up their alley. Let them find it out naturally, or you know. It, and again, and again, these these souls who showed up to perform, I'm sure they enjoyed it, and I'm, you know, the kids probably enjoyed it. As I say, unless the kids were proselytized to, uh, the kids thought they were seeing a carnival act. What do they care? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not being facetious. I mean, you take a little six year old in there, and the and fearsome foursome or whatever her name is is going to read him a story. The kids are. Cool and fearsome foursome and Blaze Bordeaux, I'm sure had good intentions at heart. And know. the kids think they're seeing Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Or, or exactly. Tootsie or exactly. something like that. Look at how exactly. fun this is. But the library, what the library is saying to the hardworking taxpayer of the city is we're doing this and this is your money and you should be accepting of this. Well, you know, you're asking, you're asking me to be accepting of delusion. I don't want to be accepting of delusion. Go be a drag queen, but I don't know why I have to pay for it at the public library. Right, go downtown and do it at the place, the drag show. Uh, I can't keep up with all the... Uh, the sure. We must do something. You ever dress up like a girl? <laughs> Only when I go clubbing. Got it. Yeah. Learn more. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I've just given myself a new assignment. What? In exploring the mystery, it occurs to me that those of us opposed to the mystery, that would be me, mm-hmm. are increasingly footing the bill for it to be brought about. Yes. We are increasingly coerced into paying various public agencies, for example, in their schemes to help bring about the mystery. I yes. don't want. I don't care if you're a drag queen, and if you want to have a drag queen story night at some bar patio, at the turf club, or something, and and parents want to bring their kids to it, go for it. Okay. But I don't want to pay for it at the damn library. Why do we always have to? Well, this Can is we what, opt out. This is a this is an aspect of the mystery that needs 
that needs more attention from now on 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 uh, stories that uh, give us glimpses into the mystery i have to look for the financial angle but we seem to be in those of us opposed to it are increasingly coerced into spending to bring it about not fair it's not that's not fair not fair and well and the reason for that is because we can't seem to elect garage logicians the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. They they don't want to run. They don't want to be part of that misery. They, they don't want to be part of the salon. So we're, you know, basically we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. Well, because they're just going to keep inching and inching and inching. 1500 ESPN is... KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 81 degrees. Thank you, Suchi Boy. And it's the 